All right, everybody, welcome back to the Star Wars podcast. Today, we will be discussing WandaVision Episode 6 in full spoiler details. So if you haven't seen the episode, go watch it and come back. Uh, I am here with the cool twin to my Dorkasaurus Rex, Tommy. Tommy, how's it going? How did you know those are my two first points on my my notes? <laughs> but I'm good. I'm so excited to be the cool twin. I'm going to slick back my my hair start dying it gray and uh speed around the apartment uh because i loved this episode i thought it was such a fun episode i can't believe there's only three episodes left that's wild yeah we're really getting down to the wire here and, and i did i like this episode um and and i think the big issue for me was Coming out, and this could be looked at as a pro or con. Coming out of this episode, I was the most mad that it ended. <laughs> like, I definitely did not want that to end uh, more so than any of the other episodes. So, isn't that a good thing? Like, it's like keep you wanting more. Now, you, now you're definitely, if you weren't tuning in next week, Michael, you're going to be next week because of, because of this this cliffhanger. This, I, I they're all kind of cliffhangers, but man, this one was a, a wild one uh the circus is in town yeah and i would say that like if this show was a cauldron this episode was like the stir like it it wasn't really the ladle dishing out the soup it wasn't really the spices mixing it up it was just stirring it up a little bit you know we didn't get a whole lot of answers there were a couple things in there that we could chew on but for the most part all of my big questions are still out in the open Yes, I agree with you on that. It does feel like it It just kind of doubled down on some of the things we were thinking. Uh, it, you know, obviously Vision went on his own little detective mission and that uh, didn't give us many more answers, but it gave Vision a lot of answers. Um, and, you know, we got our trio, our fun loving trio that we love so much. They had a little fun adventure and, uh, yeah, I, I agree. Stirring the pot, I think, is or a cauldron. If you're Agnes, uh, the Halloween witch, of course, just just a Halloween witch. Exactly, a lot of a lot of witch stuff going on this episode. I, and I got, I guess, my highlight, the the big thing that I was really happy to see was we got to see the twins in action. We got to see some powers. I loved that. Um, and, and that's the other thing. Um, Comic book fans, you know, they might have opinions on where the story is going with the twins, but I tell you what, right now, these twins better not go anywhere. I want to see them stay, whether they're children, whether they grow up a little bit. I love these characters, and whatever happens, protect them at all costs. I liked the 10 year old versions. I thought they, you know, obviously this episode was very catered to them as it was. Uh, Malcolm in the middle inspired. And so it was like from the kid's point of view, which I thought was interesting. It's the first episode really wasn't from, I mean, it was from Wanda's. We get her obviously a lot, but uh, love the kids. Definitely feel young Avengers for them. Um, obviously showing their powers. It's, they're not going to listen. They're not going to do a sparky to us again. They can't set something up and then just kill it off. This has to mean something. Absolutely. All right, Tommy. Well, I, I'm ready to hop into the episode. And and you mentioned Malcolm in the Middle, and I was so I was stoked this week. You know, I've said it a million times now. I am not a huge sitcom fan, but this time we opened straight up into an intro that I know like the back of my hand, and I was jumping up and down because I finally got a sitcom reference. I loved Malcolm in the Middle. What about you? 
I don't remember watching it as a kid. I think I was still like in on the the younger cartoons. You know, I still watch the younger cartoons, so maybe maybe I never aged up. But I uh, I thought it was interesting. Loved loved the intro. Um, interesting that we kind of skipped the '90s. I believe like we went uh, straight from what was last week, Family Ties. I think yeah, and we go right into the Malcolm in the Middle. I think it's because they didn't want to have to do a full house. In all honesty, I think Elizabeth Nelson also was like, Hey, I really don't want to do it. And they're like, cool. We'll just, we'll just go over it. Um, yeah. And in hindsight, it, it kind of feels like I, I could see where the last episode was kind of eighties and nineties, uh, especially towards the end. Like, uh, Pietro was basically dead on uncle Jesse for me. I know that there could be other characters he could be related to, but for me, I, I saw uncle Jesse there. Um, so there, I think there were a little bit of '90s elements in that episode, mostly '80s. But uh, yeah, that I, I wish we got a full '90s episode. Yeah, but I loved it. I thought the it is interesting. Like they they just wrote this so well, and like the fact that like they can get into this sitcom because Vision and Wanda are kind of fighting now. It, it does feel a little more intense. It, we're not we're not what we used to be. You know, those happy Dick Van Dyke uh, sitcom that we had in episode one, episode two. And now we're in this more modern era where the parents do fight a little bit and the kids, you know, get into trouble and the uncle is there. And uh, I liked it. I I will say the big, I don't know if it was a highlight for me from this intro, but uh, did you notice Agnes's naughty pants? Yes. (laughs) So here's the deal. Uh, uh, We've talked about how I, I, how we both, we scour these episodes for Easter eggs and I'm watching this at 4 a.m. in my house downstairs, drinking my coffee. The intro comes on, and I see words flash on Agnes's pants. So I'm like, I have to freeze frame this. So I go back and I pause on Agnes's butt a bit, a bit on my screen, uh, my huge TV, big butt that says naughty. And I was like, uh, probably not a good look. Let's figure out what this says and move on. Um, but yeah, that's, and, and here's the thing. There's going to be a lot of clues in this episode. I feel like they're really trying to throw us off the scent of Agnes a little bit. Um, but there are still so many clues in here that point to she is naughty and I don't, not, nothing happens by accident. She's naughty. She's, she's bad. But it also, yes. I also loved just like the the early two thousands reference, like when all every girl had like juicy pants or like like that was fun for me of like ah uh, yes the the day and age where where having uh, a word written on your butt was acceptable. Now when I wear my juicy uh, sweatpants out to the public, it's it's frowned upon. But, People point and laugh, huh, Tommy? Yeah, they laugh not right cool. at me. I'm not the cool. I'm not the cool Tommy, but. <laughs> Yeah, I, I that is uh probably not the greatest thing to to uh stop down on uh for you. You know, maybe what if someone walks in, then you have to explain why you have some naughty uh, uh pants on your screen. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> uh, so <clears throat> so coming out of the uh, intro there, we had I we we see the entire family first first the twins, but uh, we're preparing for Halloween. It is the Halloween episode. Um, so what, what what did you think about all this from starting from the costumes first of all um, obviously uh, we get Wanda and Vision and their traditional comic book attire and then it, even the boys a little bit uh, I would say that Tommy he very much looks like he would in the comics 
Yeah, so. I think both of them. So, yeah, I mean, we get right out of the intro, we get to the point of view of Billy, and he's, you know, being the classic Malcolm, telling us, explaining what Halloween is. It's, it's a time to be someone else. Uh, and he shows us the other twins. They talk about how Tommy is the cool twin, which, you know, I can't disagree with that logic. Tommy is the cool twin, just as we said at the top. And uh, Billy is the Dorcasaurus Rex. Uh, so, I mean, I am named Tommy, so I don't want to imply what Michael is, but he kind of already said it himself. So I'm cool with the Dorcasaurus. Because there's first, here's the thing. There's no denying that I'm a dork. I'm a nerd. I'm a geek. Clearly, I'm hosting a Marvel podcast. So I, I will wear that with a badge of honor. But then you also have the Asaurus attached on, which dinosaurs are really cool. So that kind of mixes it up. It's like, yeah, he's a dork, but he's also really cool. So. So it's like you're the coolest of the dorks. Exactly. King I of the like dorks. <laughs> and then uh, we see them wake up uh, Pietro, who is pretending to sleep, and there's talks of him being a vampire, which I think is interesting because, like, vampires are not not uncommon in, in Marvel. There has been, you know, vampire zombie. All this kind of spooky stuff has happened before. Marvel zombies, big thing. Look it up. Yeah, not to mention the confirmation we've received about the Blade movie coming out. Um, yeah. Maybe there's a connection. Probably not. And yeah, I, then we get to Wanda shows up in her Scarlet Witch costume. Yeah, I mean, this is the stuff that you knew when they were going to do the show. Everyone was like, listen, we got to get their original costume. So I loved Scarlet Witch's costume, loved Vision. I loved how bad they were. Um, I And I think it's interesting, though. Um, so Wanda mentions that hers is a uh, Sokovian fortune teller. Um, that's so that's like a nod to the comics in the comics. There was a time, there was a couple years where Wanda believed that her mother, uh, Natalia was a fortune teller, but she happened to actually be the original Scarlet Witch, the first rendition. But yeah, so that's like, they didn't just make up the fortune teller part that comes from the comics, which I thought was a fun nod. Well then later, uh, uh, I guess Vision refers to himself as a professional wrestler. Is there any significance there? <laughs> no. Don't think there's anything there. I think, <laughs> but I, I thought that too. I was like writing that down. I'm like, oh, I guess he just maybe Vision always wanted to be a professional wrestler. Yeah. Another thing that I'm really liking in this opening is, I mean, clearly when you put Evan Peters into this world, and this is what we get from the first second of his arrival all the way throughout this episode. He is an absolute goofball. He's a man child, just like he describes. Uh, he's shotgunning sodas with the kids, uh, chasing them around, using his powers. Um, a lot of fun. Evan Peters, I don't care why he's here. I'm just glad he is. I, I literally had that written in my notes of like, he works so well in WandaVision. I am curious if they proceed to continue to have him in the MCU, will his will he work? I think so. I mean, he's essentially, he's no different than Ant-Man, you know, like any of those like kind of sillier characters. I think it's hard because the original MCU uh, Quicksilver was way more serious, way more broody, wasn't very quippy. And then you have this version, which like you said, is the, the uh, perfect man child. Absolutely. Um but yeah, we get to, they are talking page. They, I love that they, again, it's like anytime they do these sitcoms, they are so clever about how they do these and, and using the sitcom. We get a bunch of like flashbacks 
in, in this episode, which is a classic, you know, Malcolm in the Middle classic, that kind of uh, era, era of of sitcoms. And we get them talking about Halloween and um, Sokovia. Would you like Halloween and Sokovia? Uh, it did not look too fun. I believe they received a fish instead of candy. Um, yeah, I, I like our Halloween just fine. Hey, think about how much protein is on fish. How much protein is in your candy bar? That's that's fair. You know, I'm a, I am definitely more of a salt rather than sugar guy. So I would rather have like dinner rather than dessert. So, hey, maybe if the fish wasn't. I mean, it didn't really look scaled or gutted or cooked in any way. So, I mean, maybe we could work on the presentation there at least. Yeah, and and I agree with you. And the one note I do have was Pietro dressed as Nick Fury because that's the only thing I could think of. He had an eye patch on, and I'm like, he's dressed as Nick Fury. I, I didn't even consider that. I, I didn't even really wonder what his costume was. But now that you say that, uh, I think there's no, there's no denying that he's Nick Fury. Yeah, which is so interesting. Uh, but what I also thought was interesting, it seemed that Pietro didn't remember this. He's like, you're testing me, which I think just goes to our conclusion. Is this is this the real Pietro? Do we need Mario to come in here and give a little test? And we, <laughs> Pietro, you are the real Pietro. Like that's that's what we need right now because it just seems that it, he's a mesh of I think he's a mesh of both. I think he has his memories, but I also think he's gaining bits of the original. I don't know. I, I the episode. I thought I had it figured out. Then they give me a. a then he says something at the end, and it throws me completely off again. So I just, I just don't know what to think of him. I, I'm bouncing back and forth the entire time um, because they do. They give us, they give us points on both sides. Uh, I think I flip flop my opinion on this like three or four times while watching it. Um, one thing that, that it really sells this to me is I think if this was as simple as Evan Peters is coming in and he's recasted, I don't think that they would draw this much attention to it. Um, they, I mean, it, just in the recap alone, one of the final notes that we end on is she recast Pedro, which it, <sighs> He's obviously from a different universe, and he's here to stay. That that's the way I look at it. Um, I, I, I yeah, dude, I I think that has to be it. I think my question is, what I'm wondering is, are they, are they then combining? Like it's like it's becoming one Pietro. When someone dies, you like listen. If there's an alternate universe out there, let's say alternate universe, Tommy dies. I wake up one day and. I now have my memories. I now have, uh, think about all the therapy. That oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And that's the thing. He has memories of himself dying. He mentions later on that he can recall being shot. And he seems to have a lot of the same memories as, as Wanda does in this universe. But at the same time, things aren't right. Some of the childhood uh, memories don't match up. Uh, he clearly doesn't look the same, and they call that out. So, uh, but, I mean... It, could it be both? Could two things be true in this situation? And I mean, listen, is it a bad thing? He doesn't remember the fish for Halloween. I'm just saying maybe that's a good thing. Maybe it's a good thing he doesn't remember the fish. Yeah, uh, we're out on <laughs> uh, fish candy. Please don't send Complimentary us, fish. Listen, if you want to send us fan mail at some point, just please don't send it wrapped, uh, wrapped uh, fish in, in the mail. 
Yeah, that's all we ask. Throw that out. <laughs> we'll not even look at the message. But yeah, so we get that memory. We get Vision who shows up, like we said, in the Vision costume. I, I believe someone thought he was a booger. I, I don't rule that out. You know, he says he's a Mexican wrestler, but I mean, kind of looks like a booger too. Traffic light too. So <laughs> Traffic light. Um, and Vision's attitude changes. It was weird to know what was Vision pretending because there was almost like, I don't know when he was under her charm when he was just pretending and when he was like serious business vision, you know? Yeah. What what was really weird to me is yeah. Throughout the episode, he starts to get more and more suspicious and he's obviously exploring more and more, but from the get go, it's almost like he doesn't have the same concerns that he did at the end of the episode. You know, we got very heated and then we come back and, we have Pietro in the house and he seems to be accustomed to that. And I mean, there's obviously some time in between the two episodes now, um, but everything seems to be a bit more chilled from where we saw it last. Of course, that's going to ramp back up. Yeah. And, and it's interesting because it's like vision seems to be playing along, but he's also being angsty. Like, you know, him and him and Wanda do start bickering uh, during this moment after I, I had a question for you before I get into that is do you think Pietro's great with kids? Cause like he says it, I think they talk, I don't know. You know, as we go along, there's more evidence that maybe he's not, but he, he is being really friendly with these kids. And I think right now all they need is uncle Pietro, you know? Yeah. See, I see. I probably lean more on the Pietro side of parenting. If I'm being honest, I, I think it's really important for kids to have fun it's important for them to run around. It's important for them to get into trouble. That's just part of growing up. And I think he's experiencing all this with them. Um, maybe they're making mistakes together and they're growing together. Maybe he wouldn't be a great parent, but he is a fantastic uncle. That's for sure. He, if you're thinking like like we're taking a pie chart, right, of, of raising Billy and Tommy, if we're part of the process and we're looking at it, we're like, okay, Wanda and Vision, we're sitting you down. We're, we're therapists now. Here is the the amount of parenting you should you should do. This is I think Pietro gets like maybe like ten percent of that pie. You know, like you need. You're right. Like you do need that fun uncle. You need that fun time. Do you need a hundred percent Pietro? They're not going to be eating their veggies. Their teeth are going to be falling out. There's going to be so many issues if you let Pietro go wild. You know, go speeding off with your kids for life. Ten percent Pietro, I think, is the 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 right amount. And that's and that's why you're here, Tommy. The audience is our children. We are the parents. You are the responsible one, and I am the one that sneaks them candy under the table after dinner and dark liquor and, and dark liquor. No, <laughs> sure, no, comes no. Back to that. Oh no! But yes, uh, as we slip our kids some dark liquor, we will continue on with Wanda and Vision uh, fighting because. Vision says that he has to go to the neighborhood watch. And Wanda kind of slips. You know, I love Wanda breaking from her character. And, like, you can see that she is trying to have control. She doesn't even know how she's having control. But it's falling apart. All the pieces are falling apart around her. But she's trying to to be oblivious to it. She's trying to live in her happy world. And she's, like, I think she says something along the lines of, like, that's not what you're doing today. Like, like basically like, Hey, that's not in the script. What are you doing, bud? Yeah. And, and I think 
And maybe that's the other thing. Maybe Vision isn't necessarily less suspicious now, but he's no longer playing the game of Wanda. He's playing Vision's game, and he will appease her to her face, and he's going to go off on the neighborhood watch and try to explore on his own anyways. Yeah, and... You know, at this point, I really thought he was on a neighborhood watch. I'm like, you know what? This makes sense. Episode two, we saw it. He loves going on the neighborhood watch because he gets to eat gum. And we know how Vision gets on the, that gum. He's always sneaking gum. Oh, man. He loves gum now. He's he's addicted to gum. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, we get them fighting. We see that we see the kids notice it, right? Like, they're not they're not happy. This isn't the family they wanted. But Pietro's here. Pietro's like. Pay attention to me, boys. We got this. And he's the fun, uh, fun uncle. Tells Vision, go off, do your thing. I got it from here. I'll be the father figure for them during this this trick or treat adventure. And uh, Vision leaves and says, "Wanda, be good." Yeah, and and there, that's I believe that's Vision again. He's not necessarily trying to alert her in any way. He's not trying to cause any more arguments, but he is. He's going to go figure out what he wants to figure out, and he's also Wanda. Can you? Can we just like have a normal day, please? <laughs> Wanda, let's just yeah, just like let the kids trick or treat. Let's not let's not get too wild. It's not like you're gonna like make the barrier like 10 times bigger or something. That'd be wild. Wanda. It'd be wild. It'd be so crazy. (laughs) Uh, Another thing I like here in this scene, it's just, I mean, it's a small little touch, but uh, uh, Pietro calls Billy Tommy or Tommy Billy. And that, I I don't know why that just cracked me, cracked me up so much. It's just, again, nailing home that he is, he's not really worried about that kind of stuff. He's just trying to have fun. Yeah. Who cares which is which? They're kids, you know. At some point, I'll figure out who they are. I do have to ask: Did you see something about Pietro while you were watching this scene? Was it his tattoo? It was his tattoo. So I noticed this in the episode. It says "Mom." I didn't think it said "Mom." What I thought it, it said "H O M." Oh my god! <laughs> it all goes. No, it's, there's no way. Is that I'm. Fair because I thought bomb first and I looked at it again. I'm like, I'm pretty sure that's an H. That would be pretty wild. Uh and, and maybe it is mom, but his shirt was in a way. I mean, again, just like the newspaper. I mean, everything is is obstructed in just the right way to give us hints. So maybe it does say mom, but you kind of cover up that first half of the first M and it says H O M. Which I think this is where to me, you know, we talked about it before, and I'm I'm using I'm channeling my inner Michael O'Rear. Uh, nothing happens on uh, accident, and if something starts to become way more noticeable, we have to pay attention to it. And for me, this points me that people from the beginning, you know, I've said it. House of M is probably a a you know it's going to be slightly based on House of M, but not too much. I think this to me points to Wanda is, you know, in the house of M, the big thing spoilers for those who haven't read the house of M. I was like, blah, spoiler. But, uh, the ending, the big moment is her saying no more mutants. Well, we don't have mutants right now in MCU. What's the opposite of no more mutants. What if Wanda brings mutants in 
And that's what this House of M is referencing is this is pointing to, hey, world, this is how the mutants come into existence. Yeah, instead of no more mutants, it's no more comma mutants. So, yeah, no. And and as we see later, uh, people are changing on a molecular level here. Uh, And I think it's very possible that this is the birth and and maybe there's something else that that makes this more of a global scale in the end but as of right now being inside the hex is literally changing people it's literally mutating people and there's no doubt in my mind we are getting some serious mutant action slash x-men action by the end of the series yep i i mean yeah we'll we'll touch on it briefly but or we'll touch on it soon of monica going in and out and that's the question is like is it just going through the barrier is it what is causing the mutations but there is definitely some wonky stuff going on that uh certain people would not approve of we don't you know i don't want to listen we're not going to take a stance mutations are great you know having a green eye blue eye great love it you do you yeah no we're pro we're pro mutations here for sure yes 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 yes. yeah wanda if you're listening love mutations so the next scene that we go into here is where we meet back up with our our trio, our, our Darcy, Jimmy Woo, and Monica Rambeau. And this is kind of a feisty scene. We're kind of picking up right back where um, the team, where Wanda had confronted the S.W.O.R.D. FBI contingency outside the hex. And uh, Monica's very feisty about all this. She's not happy about the way that... Uh, Hayward has handled things. She she confronts him about the weapon on the drone. Um, there's a lot going on here. What what do you think of the scene? Oh yeah, the trio hates Hayward, and I'm on their board. Hayward, we need a new name for Hayward, like like dumb ward or like <laughs> spot on. <laughs> yeah, it just it just came to me. I knew it would be perfect. Um, but the trio does not like Hayward. I thought it was interesting that Wanda's powers are still all over the drone. I thought that was kind of fascinating to me that it didn't wear off. Um, and also they make mention of, uh, the tree. I've been calling them the trio. A, it's easy for my notes, but I, I just love the trio so much and need, they need their own show. I would love the three of them to have their own show. And they talk about, uh, the sassy best friend. Uh, clearly that's Darcy in their group, right? Like that's gotta oh, yeah. be, do we need applications for a sassy best friend? Do we need to start? Oh my gosh. We, oh my gosh. I think we do. <laughs> totally. <laughs> you heard it here. Stark Wars is looking for a sassy best friend. Please send us a nicely worded message and tell us why you should be our sassy best friend. Yep. We need it. Definitely. <laughs> Yeah, uh, I love that. I just love all their dialogue together. Jimmy, they're they're all kind of goofy with Monica being the more serious one. But G- even Jimmy and Darcy are such different kinds of humor that it works so well. Each of them utilizes a different... Uh, I don't know. I could just watch them all day. Yeah, no. And I- I'm going to say something a little controversial here. And listen, the... I don't like Hayward's execution and anything that he does, but in a way from his position, what his job is. And of course, I think we have theories that his, his overall goal is probably more malicious than we can tell at this moment. But 
from his position, I don't think that he's wrong in trying to say, hey, we need to take out Wanda in this situation. I mean, when she has an entire town captured, possibly harming them, um, I mean, if if you're the little leader of S.W.O.R.D. and your objective is to solve this this mission here and it seems like killing Wanda is the only option, look, I can't blame him. Yeah, I I have, so in our spoiler section, I have a wild theory about, about Hayward. Awesome. Because... I, I feel like there's more here, especially with some of the stuff we find uh, in Darcy's research later on. But I hear you. Like, you're right. Like, like Wanda is definitely, like, like they say right now, Wanda is the problem and the solution. Well, I mean, Monica's taking that as, like, we need to work with Wanda. A solution could be killing her. It could be, it could be just getting rid of her. Yeah, I'll be honest. That. That is probably my least favorite line throughout the series. If if Wanda is the problem, she is the solution. I don't know in what situation that has ever been the case. Like, um, our our problem is Nazis, so let's get more Nazis. I like that that <laughs> you know. I, I don't, and I see what she means. Uh, we could probably we could probably appeal to Wanda a bit more. We could try to understand her. And, and we could probably break her down a little bit and, and she would be the one to stop this situation because frankly, no one else is powerful enough to stop her. So I get where she's coming from, but uh, just saying uh, the problem is also the solution. I, I don't get where you're coming from. Can you think of a problem that is also the solution? Um, man, w- send, send those in. Cause I, I, I need to know maybe like uh, having too much fun. The solution is more fun, <laughs> just <laughs> way too much fun. <laughs> yeah, maybe like uh, I feel like there's got to be something there with water and fire, possibly. Um, yeah, maybe the solution to fire. I don't know. Yeah, I'm well, go- hey, I, it's we'll ridiculous. Leave it, we'll but leave but it it's a good question. It is because I'm sure there's a math. There's probably some very impressive math problem out there that where the problem is also the solution. So we'll leave it. But I'm not a math guy. Our children, you know, we'll, we'll, we put it out there for our children. This is your homework assignment. Um, Please make sure it is double spaced and bring it back to uh, your parents, Michael and Tommy. Uh, But yeah, we see this scene. We talk about Wanda. Monica is very pro. Like, listen, I understand Monica. Monica, I understand Wanda. Uh, We need to work with her. Hayward seems changed by the blip. That's what I kind of got out of this is like, the Hayward before the blip and the Hayward after is two different Haywards. Maybe that's because he's a scroll, but maybe it's also because he had a bad experience. It seems like he's very negative superpowers. He's very negative superheroes. I don't really know, but he's not happy and he kicks the trio out of the base. Uh, and- that, this is weird to me. Uh, does does Hayward have any jurisdiction over Jimmy Wu, who's uh does Jimmy Wu doesn't work for Sword now? <laughs> like Un- unless Sword took over, like Sword was like, listen, FBI, you work for us now. Like Sword is the superior to FBI on this mission, maybe. Well, but- here's the other thing. What did Jimmy Wu say in this entire situation besides kind of standing next to them? <laughs> like, was he really caught? Co- was Jimmy Wu causing problems here? Did yeah, we have he- to take Jimmy Wu out too? Come on. You know, you're right. Like Jimmy Wu, honestly, the only one that probably 
had a reason to be kicked out was Monica. And I think Monica says it. She's like, Hayward was just looking for a reason. Or maybe I, it might have been one of the trio was like, Hayward's just looking for a reason to kick us out. There's a re- There must be a reason he wants us out of there. And he got his reason. Yeah. So they get kicked out here and they turn it around pretty quickly. Um, they're being escorted out and Monica and Jimmy Woo beat the crap out of these guards and put on disguises and and again highly just like last time uh, monica rambo stole jimmy woo's weapon and discharged it in a federal facility um here they are beating up other i and i guess yeah i guess it makes sense this is kind of a life or death situation so i i guess uh it calls for some uh drastic measures and, and listen i don't think they're gonna get in that much trouble i think a lot goes down by the end of this episode. I don't think anyone's worried about Jimmy and uh, Monica being up a couple agents, but I agree with you. I, 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 it was intense. Jimmy, I was so proud of him. He was kicking butt and it seemed like they just knew and poor Darcy. No one let her, her in on the plan. I would yeah. let Dar- Darcy in on the plan. Yeah, that was, that was pretty funny. And even if she were let on the plan, I don't suspect that she would have been the first one to throw a punch. So, yeah, no, you're right. She probably would have, she probably would have messed it up. So uh, like no offense (laughs) to Darcy. Uh, I I don't know her capability when it comes to hand on hand combat. I know her capability with computers technology. She's great at that. She, She kicks everyone's butt when it comes to, to technology. I don't know her skills yet. All right, so so we go back, we go back to Westview here, and it, it seems the trick or treating festivities have started. Um, we get some and there's ed- kids around there. Yes, what the heck's going on? Where did these Where, kids come from? I, you know, you think they talk about some like I think Pietro goes, what, "What what did you do with these kids before them? Were they just frozen? Where were they? Where were the children? Because there are so many children now." Uh, and yeah, I, there's children all around. We see Tommy and Billy, they want to have a competition, uh, you sibling competition. That's normal, right? Like I feel like every sibling, uh, do you have siblings, Michael? I have four of them and then two step siblings as well. Whoa. I also have four. I have four brothers. Oh, wow. Uh, so there was, I feel like you probably experienced more competition because I have three, three sisters, two stepsisters and one brother. Yeah, it was always the worst because the, the youngest were twins. So like they they could team up. Twin, you know, I talked about before. Uh, we are a twin pro podcast, but my twin brother. You always have a, a, a sidekick. You always have someone that's going to agree with you when you have a when you're a twin. So like being the brother two twins, you're always on the outside with their connection, their twin twin empathy, twin 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 to telepathy. There you go. You nailed, you nailed it in there somewhere. <laughs> right on the first try. But also, we I think around this point, Pietro mentioned that the children are demon spawns. Yeah, and I, I caught this, and I, I was ready for you to throw this at me. Uh, because, frankly, I, I still don't buy this, this little theory, this little demonic theory you have. So... Um, but but the clues are there. The clues are there. Hear me out. Mephisto is showing up in this thing. Baby, it's coming. Because, I don't know, they, there's too many side snarky comments between Agnes, between Pietro. There's too many comments about devil, demon. Uh, it has to mean something in my eyes. But 
I just wanted to point out, I don't need it. I don't need to go anymore now, but I will wanted to say they were called demon spawns. Huh? Weird. Interesting. Even. Yeah. It just, it feels weird to me. Like at this point in the series, and, and I would have to imagine if he were to show up, it would probably be in the final or second to last episode. And it just feels weird that our main villain shows up right at the end of the story. I, I don't believe, I believe there is a greater force at play here. I don't think Wanda's all of it. Personally, I just think it's more so probably Agnes or maybe even I, I don't i have no idea it's just hard to imagine that there's going to be a character that's going to show up to explain all of this away i don't think mofisto will be the i think he is going to be at the end to lead into the movies right like i think he's the big bad in the movies is specifically dr strange possibly and i think it's more that agnes is his 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 person on WandaVision that will lead us to mofisto but I, we may not even see him in the show but that i think it is hinting towards him being involved in the in the MCU as a whole. That's fair. And if I had to put my money on it, now now that you mention it, if anything, I could totally see that being the post-credit scene of the a la uh, Thanos, a Thanos post-credit scene. The first time we see Thanos is in a post-credit scene. He he is kind of the teased as the big bad of the series. So I could totally see uh, we're kicking off this new phase of Marvel uh, this new saga here, and this is the first real property we're getting out of it. So I could totally see that uh, at the end of this, we will get us a, a teaser for a very big villain. Yeah, and and besides this, we see, um, so we see Pietro and Wanda continue to talk, and it really seems I have written that they just they have different memories. It, to me, it's so clear that like their their memories aren't adding up, and we hear Pietro mention a place. We hear him mention Sangrilla, Shangrilla. <laughs> I'm right. There's some tough words on this episode. Yeah, and I'm hitting all of them. <laughs> uh, I, I'll be honest. I didn't even catch this. I, I don't even remember this happening. Oh, really? Yes, he mentioned it like briefly. Uh, he like I can't remember in what context, but he's basically like, you have your own Shangrilla, which is essentially like in, in the comics. Uh, it is like in other places but in the the comics it is a place and uh specifically there is an arc where vision i don't know if he founded it but he was like an immortal immortal guardian of of it uh very involved in iron fist i think even like the netflix show it was a part of that i believe i'm getting my places uh you know if i'm getting my information right i believe it was part of that world but but yeah essentially it's like it's basically like the perfect place essentially is the idea of it so i thought that was a fun reference um definitely involved with vision and that kind of stuff so either a nod or or you know i mean we are potentially going to go there with some of our shows in the future some of our movies could go into that world you know that realm so good to know and we get a tommy swear so i don't know if tommy is the cool is he the all-american boy anymore because he's swearing i didn't like the swear yeah is tommy more of the troublemaker here do you think I yeah think so yeah we gotta keep your eyes on tommy yeah i don't i like i don't know how to feel i feel like i need to sit down with them and like talk to him so i i really like this scene with again uh pietro is 
when he's running around uh, smashing pumpkins and and stealing candy. I oh, think this is a good use of powers. With uh, with Herb, yeah. So Herb shows up dressed as Frankenstein, great costume, and uh, it's so funny because yeah, like we're watching it go down, uh, and it, it's so gimmicky. It's it's perfect for this character that they've created. And Herb's like, the candy's disappearing. And then we see Pietro taking all the candy and the pumpkins are smashed in the silly string. Which crime do you think is the worst? It's got to be the pumpkin smashing. Or or this, uh, I don't know, maybe stealing the candy. I mean, candy <laughs> is a theft. The pumpkins is a, I mean, you're, you're what's it called? You're, you're destroying property. The silly string is probably the least because it's like, yeah, you're like, just so you're not, yeah, it's just an inconvenience. Yeah, but we do find out through talking to Herb that Vision is not on duty. Yeah, and uh, we'll, we'll get we'll get to him there. Uh, you got anything else in this scene? We can go to Vision because he has some interesting uh, discoveries. Yeah, my last thought is just Herb made a comment to Wanda and was like, does something need change? And just more references of like people accommodating to wanda these snide comments to her uh we've seen the mailman do it we've seen the doctor do it we've seen multiple people be like hey listen like wanda will take care of it and that was kind of what i was getting from herb here like it's weird because they almost seem like a fusion of knowing but not knowing i don't know what to believe sometimes Uh, and before we jump away here as well i I forgot to mention we do get a very cool shout out to the movie kick-ass did you did you catch this yeah, so the well, they really just use the word "kick ass," but you would think that that would refer to the movie that Evan Peters and uh, Aaron Taylor Johnson both starred in, the "Kick Ass" movie based on a comic book. So, I thought that was cool. Yeah, even if it wasn't a a intentional nod to me, it's like it's yeah. it's too coincidental not to be something. You know, like someone had to think about that. Totally. All right, so we do. We go to Vision now. Who? I mean, Ted. I mean, he's not on the official neighborhood watch, but he is watching the neighborhood, and and he comes across some discoveries here. Uh, first, we see a woman hanging Halloween uh, decorations, and she seems to be caught. And this is kind of the theme of what Vision is finding. It's it's people on the outside of Westview aren't really behaving like they would on the inside. They're kind of stalled out. They're either not doing anything, or they're kind of stuck in a loop. Uh, we see a man behind that woman. He's kind of picking up a pumpkin and placing it back down, picking it up and placing it back down. And people just aren't really behaving normally. And this kind of reminds me like, so uh, I'll, I'll have friends over and maybe we're trying to watch something downstairs. We're streaming something. And then I, I start to think, okay, well, I've got my computer connected to the internet. I got uh, my wife and I's phones are connected. We also have iPads. And now my friends are over, they have their phones. And next thing you know, we have like, 15 devices on my internet so then at this point whatever we're watching on streaming is starting to die down a little bit so i'm like hey guys everyone if we could just take our phones off wi-fi it's going to help free up our streaming space this is this is my my analogy here uh wanda only has the capacity to control so many people so she's not so worried about the people on the outside she's kind of she's turned off the wi-fi on those people and they're just kind of stalling out that was a long way of explaining what happened here in a very useless fashion I loved it, but there we get, they don't seem happy about it. We see a little tear fall down the woman's face. I'm assuming not a happy tear. I'm assuming it's a sad tear. Yeah. This is kind of horrifying. <laughs> this is, uh, 
uh, yeah, very unsettling. Well, it's like, it's that terrifying. It's like, you know, not to, to scare anyone, but it's like, I've always, there's a part of me has been scared of like, you know, you go into surgery and you hear some horror stories where it's like, you wake up, but you can't move or anything. And you still, but you see everything. That's kind of what it feels. It's like they have no control of their body, but they are aware of what's happening. That's a terrifying thought. Yeah, that's like I mean, it's it's like a nightmare when when you're being chased after by a monster and your legs don't work. So this is very yeah, uh, very unsettling. I, I really, I mean, if here's the thing: if Wanda, if if this really is all Wanda, there's no denying that she's evil. It, now there there's possibilities that there's something else at play here. Whoever is doing this is a psychopath. I mean, it, this is evil. And either way, if Wanda isn't fully involved, she is involved by compliance. Like she is being told that possibly she could be involved and she's not worried about solving that. She's like, no, I have my happy life. She's ignoring it, if anything else, which still isn't good. Um, but we get Detective Vision. Love Detective Vision. I think he is not my favorite Vision. I, I still think maybe Pacifier a bit Vision, which is is the uh, decided by your polls. We have to use Pacifier from now on because Pacifier to. is the word of choice by our viewers. But uh, we get a fun commercial, and this is a new new kind of. It's an animated commercial. Yeah, this is. Uh... I mean, this is very much the style of the early 2000s, late 90s. Uh, There's a lot of claymation going on in advertisements and different TV shows. I think of, uh, yeah, I mean, there was a, I'm trying to think there was a TV show with the claymation intro that uh, I can't, I can't put my finger on and I can't even really describe it. But, but to be fair, this is very much a, uh, a style of this time period. Yeah, what else did you get from this commercial? Love the shark with sunglasses. We all know sunglasses equal coolness. For sure, for sure. Uh, I think if there were Dorkosaurus Rex, the Dorkosaurus Rex would have sunglasses on. So there would be prescription sunglasses nonetheless, but sunglasses. Still sunglasses. Uh, Yeah, Yo Magic was the commercial. It was a yoga commercial. And to me, what I really got from this, A, interesting that the people we've seen in all the commercials, I don't think they were, maybe they voiced the characters, but I I didn't see them. Uh, And the commercial has the kid die because he can't open it. And to me, what this showed is no matter her magic, Wanda can't prevent death. That's what I took for the, like, it's a nod to the one thing she can't change is death. Yeah, and that's that's kind of, I, I feel like this, because I, I jumped back and forth when I was watching it. I had one read. When I thought about it later, I had another. I saw a theory, and then now I have a different theory. So th- this ad, I, I think it's representative of a lot of different things. Um, I, I heard that it could pipe quite possibly stand for uh, the people of Westview. For instance, that woman who is hanging in the decorations. Uh, these people probably don't have the opportunity to eat. Um, they could very much be starving in this way. Um, it, it could also come from just emotional starvation as far as, as Wanda's position. Um, we kind of get her describing how she feels a little later on is, is empty and lonely. And, and that, that very much could be what we're looking at here is, is more of a metaphorical death. Yeah. And, and we see the phrase snack for survivors. Um, so yeah, it could mean multiple things. I think it just adds to the themes that we already have been 
thinking of. Uh, and then we get back to Westview. We get back to Pietro and Wanda. This was, I'm glad they gave them so much time to talk to each other. This really was a good use of, of, of having them, you know, have this one-on-one -on -one time. Did you happen to notice, again, this might happen a little bit earlier, but at some point we see a movie theater. Did you happen to see what movies were playing at the movie theater? Yes. And this is, this is one of the things that leads me to, uh, this is not the same Quicksilver because one of first of first and foremost, we get the Incredibles, which uh, I, I think that clearly points to a superhero family. We got superhero kids uh, and maybe we don't know that in the moment, but we'll literally find out in like a minute and a half that the kids do have powers. Um, so I, I think it's like kind of some instant uh, foreshadowing there, but then we have parent trap, which very much has to do with uh, two long lost twins uh, meeting each other and kind of uh, reforming their lives with their parents and whatnot. And I mean, that if that's not a metaphor for what we have here between Pietro and Wanda, I mean, they're, they are long, at this point. If this Pietro is not the same Pietro, this is the first time they're meeting. These are two different characters, and although they might have similar trajectories, they could very well be from different universes, and here they are coming together and meeting for the first time. So that that is a huge clue to me that that this is not the same Pietro that we're used to. Yeah, or, you know, going off that, digging deeper of like, yeah, like playing something you're not. Like, he's playing a Pietro that he's not. He's playing another uh, version, so... Yeah, I definitely thought that was interesting. Definitely think that's there on purpose to to make us think exactly what we're going down. We get them talking that Pietro uh, is doing exactly what Wanda wanted. Kind of getting that Pietro seems to know what she's doing. Um, and I do love that they, you know, we, we've kind of been on accent to watch. And uh, they call out the accents here she's like you had an american accent like what what's up with your accent and she he's like same could go to you like and he he mentions that he's like it's all he's like it all feels scattered or whatever i think he's he's in and out like i think he is that's what makes me feel like it's two pietros in one body yeah that makes sense to me and i, and I gotta point this out because it was pointed out to me multiple times last week after saying that uh, i wasn't sure why the accent from wanda comes and goes um somebody pointed out that the accent is most prominent in Avengers age of Ultron in the beginning when she's evil, she's, she's working, she's working with, uh, 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 Strucker and Hydra. So, uh, she has the accent there and now we're coming back here. And when she leaves Westview and she's threatening these people who are trying to impede on her new home, she has the accent again, very much reminiscent of an evil Wanda. So I'm just saying, uh, if this accent shows up again, I think you can expect some malicious behavior. Yeah, it is. And I think we're going to get our answer. The fact that they mentioned it so many times now, it's not uh, Elizabeth Olsen not being a good actress. Like, it's like, this is, this is something more. This is, there's a specific reason they're having her do and not do the accent. Um, yeah, and to be to be fair, I, I never thought. I, I think the issue is when you get the series like the. I guess my what I thought was you're getting multiple different directors across many different movies, and some directors are like, "Hey, it's a good idea for you to have this accent." Other people are like, "Just just forget that." So I, I think that's something we see across 
the two franchises we love a lot, Star Wars and Marvel. So I think that is what happened. I'm hoping that WandaVision is like, hey, we noticed that. We're going to kind of just like explain it, yeah. why that's been happening. Uh, and we see Pietro, dead Pietro. We see zombie Pietro. It's not Halloween without zombies. Yeah, and that's that's very weird because, again, last time we saw a dead figure was Vision, and that sparked my theory that, oh, Wanda must have stolen his body and reanimated him in this world, and she's kind of, she's getting a split-second view of that, um, which uh, I said it wouldn't be possible for Vision to do this or uh, for, for uh, Pietro to come back because he died many years ago and he was likely buried and it would be much harder to get his body. So do you think that his body is coming into play here? His physical body? Is he a zombie? Do you know who would have access to Pietro's soul? Mephisto. That's oh, who. Yeah. <laughs> no. Maybe he's an agent of Mephisto. You know, I, I, I feel like he's, this is where a part of me doesn't know if, Quicksilver is going to be part of the MCU forever because I do think maybe he's part of this world to distract Wanda, to keep Wanda distracted. I start to feel that way with how much information he has. It doesn't make sense. Uh, some of the information, specifically at the end, he mentions Vision being dead. He shouldn't know that. And yet he does. That's a really weird comment. We'll get to that. I got- <laughs> Yeah, just uh, but yeah, that was odd. To finish this scene, they basically, uh, she's like, hey, you have to go return all the candies. They're like, okay, we see Tommy speed. He's speeding around. He's going to go do candy stuff. They find out there's some full-size candy bars, and everyone loves full-size candy bars. And she says, take your brother, and don't go past Ellis Avenue. Yep, and of course, at this point, we kind of figure out why they don't want to go past Ellis Avenue later. But I I write down Ellis Avenue and I Google Ellis Avenue because uh, you don't have a specific name like that in WandaVision if it doesn't mean something. So, And then I realized that uh, I guess there is or was the president of the MCU was President Ellis, which uh, I'm not sure if there's any connection there, but that's all I came up with. Yes, and it's probably just a nod. Which is nice. We love yeah, knots. Yep. Maybe one day we'll get a nod. Yep. Uh, but <laughs> oh my god! The only other thing I, I again, I had some of this. I found I remember it after, so I don't know if it was at this part or the next time we go back to Pietro and Wanda. But they they pan over some of the decorations uh, in West View, and we see like this spooky, like almost like an inflatable arm man thing. Did you notice this thing? Yep, and. I didn't really think it was important, but I did notice that it was surrounded with uh, red goobly goo that must have been controlled by Wanda, I would imagine. So this might be a giant rabbit hole that doesn't actually amount (laughs) to anything. But if you look at that, uh, it looks like slash it's Spider-Man's eyes. I mean, it's literally Spider-Man's the mask eyes on this thing uh, covered in like flames. There is an arc where Spider-Man makes a deal with Malfisto. He goes and he makes a deal to get Mary or no, get Aunt May back from the dead. And he has to give up his marriage to Mary Jane and it never happened. He makes that exchange. So Mary Jane, his marriage 
never existed and may back in the real world. And so I don't think that's ever going to be a thing. I don't even think that's important whatsoever, but it's where my mind went to when I saw flames and I saw Spider-Man eyes. Tommy, I love this. And this is what I love. Whether it's true or not, you are all in uh, and maybe not, maybe not really all in, but, but you will, you will point out every possible Malfisto reference. And guess what? When he shows up and he will show up, when is the question? Uh, it might be 30 years from now in the future of the MCU, but he will show up because they're going to run out of Marvel characters and they will pull him in. But here's the thing. You will have called it from the very beginning, my friend. So good work. They've been hinting at it from the beginning. And I knew 30 years beforehand when we're however old we'll be in 30 years. Uh, I'll, and, and obviously still doing the podcast, right? Because in 30 yes. years, we'll still be doing this. Yep. And I'll come back on and I'll be like, now I called it here first. Yeah, but yes, we get this and we cut over to the trios on the cover. Do do we need like a fun trio song, like a name for them? We need names for a lot. Listen, if anything I said today, I feel like I'm shooting a lot at the audience. You guys are smart, you're into this. Keep track of everything I'm asking you to do. Help us come up with a name for the trio. I, I don't mind. I just I think the trio it's simple, it's easy. I I think it's funny that you were referring to them as the trio in your notes. I also have them as the trio in my notes. So, yeah, the the for me right now, this is the trio. It's it's my favorite trio too. So yeah, and we see that Hayward can look through the boundary. That's interesting. We don't know what how he can, but he can look through, and he's tracking vision using uh, vibranium. He's tracking the vibranium inside of vision, and we see. There's people on the edge of town. We can also see their little blips on the map, and they're not moving. They're they're just kind of sitting there. And this transitions to vision from from the trio looking at the map. We we go into vision and we see vision uh, chilling in Westview, looking around, seeing all these these uh, people just kind of standing still. Yep. Again, very very creepy. Um, uh, Wanda's Wi-Fi doesn't reach that far out outside of Westview. So yeah. Yeah. Poor, poor people. I mean, are they still aware? Does time still go? That's my, cause it's like the other people they were aware, right? When they were doing their tasks, they were stuck. Are these people that are stagnant? Is it like, they just went to like a deep sleep or do we think this is like they're, they wake up, they're stuck. They spend their day just staring at whatever they're staring at. And then they go back to sleep possibly. I, that's a good question because because when Norm is woken up in the previous episode, uh, it's almost as if um, maybe no time had passed between when he was starting to be controlled to being uncontrolled, um, or maybe maybe there was I don't know. Yeah, but we'll see. But Norm is a functioning character, right? So he's like he's living his life. I'm talking about like them, like they were stationary every single day. All these episodes are going on. These characters have not moved since episode one. Are they awake or do they like, are they just from the minute that Wanda took over, they're going to wake up when it's all over and just not remember any of it. Or are they aware that all this is going down? That's my question. I mean, I'm going to say yes, because their eyes are open. Okay. I I realize that's probably a very ignorant way to look at it, but if I had to make a call, their eyes are open. Um, They very likely can still see they haven't fallen over. So they're not dead. Um, or sleeping. So yeah. I would say that they're aware. 
That's and maybe fair. they can't close their eyes and fall asleep standing up. Well, someone whose eye is open and wants to get a better view is Vision, who goes flying up into the air, gets rid of his wrestling costume, and wears his iconic costume that we know from the MCU, goes flying and sees a car at the barrier. Who's in this car? Agnes. It's our girl. <laughs> it's Agnes. And I hate this scene. I really do, because it... it it throws a wrench in everything we believe about this world or, or theorized. I think it's a fake. I yeah, think it has to be. Listen, Agnes is in a witch costume. She's in a witch costume. Yep. They are messing with us. Agnes is acting in this scene. Give her an Oscar because she is played vision like a fiddle. I don't believe that Agnes really woke up. I don't I don't believe this scene at all. I don't. Yeah, and here's and this this might be taking a deeper dive than maybe we're used to, but I'm gonna bring this up because I, I do. I'm I always what I really like to look at in editing and and how they're choosing to portray the story to us is in the previous Leons and the tra- the weekly trailers that we get throughout the week. And I, I think this is important because it's really, it's a condensed way of telling us what's going on. And in the commercial for this episode, the, before this episode came out, there was a there was a commercial for it. And it shows this scene and Vision wakes her up and she immediately starts evilly cackling. Of course, in the show, we know she has a bit more of uh, innocence and she's kind of explaining uh, her confusion a little bit. And then she starts laughing but in the trailer, all it is, he wakes her up. She's laughing evilly. And again, I think it's a subconscious way of telling us that this is I'm because in the trailer, again, they could have woken her up and she'd be like, what's going on? You know, it's like you very could have easily shown that. But the fact that they decided to show the evil laughter is telling me that we're not done here. She and, and the evil laughter alone, not even t- talking about the trailer. Uh, very weird. She gets very weird in this scene. She starts screaming at him about him being dead. Yeah. I want to talk about that. Listen, this is vision's first time finding out he's like dead. Right. I don't know what kind of training Agnes went to probably not any, but I don't think the right way to tell someone they're a zombie is to start screaming dead at them multiple times. (laughs) Absolutely not. This was a bad call. And, And here's the other thing. She seems to be, she doesn't, she mentions, she, what are the Avengers? She has no idea what the Avengers are, but she remembers that Vision's dead. How do you know who Vision is, but you don't know who the Avengers are? Well, she remembers of the Avengers. She's like, I think you're an Avenger, and Vision doesn't remember he's an oh, Avenger. Oh, that's right. That's yeah, right. Vision doesn't remember he's an Avenger, which I think is so fascinating. He has such select memory. Yeah. Very Good fascinating. Call. But, uh, yeah, I, I think, I, I, I don't know, maybe I should take Agnes's advice and, like, when I like, if if my future kids have a dead dog, I just start yelling at the dog and I go, "Dad, dead, dead, dead dog, dead. <laughs> Sparky, dead. you're dead, dead." You're at a funeral, dead, dead. Point at the dead. Should this be the new thing? Like, <laughs> should we get all of the Stark War? We need a name for us, Irons Troopers, maybe. Let me know if that sells. You know, Iron Man, it's Storm Troopers, Iron Troopers, all the Iron Troopers out there. Start going to funerals and yelling dead at the corpse and tell us how that works for you. 
because clearly Agnes, that's what she does. So it will be a short funeral for you. <laughs> if you're not a fan of funerals, shout dead at the coffin and you will be thrown out. No, no worries. Unless you get everyone else. Listen, if you're really charismatic, you could get everyone else to start screaming at the coffin too. Dead, dead, <laughs> like you're at a sports game. Dead, <laughs> yeah. dead, yeah. <laughs> oh, but yes, yeah, so we get Agnes yelling dead. We get her um, uh, saying that Wanda won't let people leave. She's lost. Uh, she she's like, I'm trying to get to the the town square, and I just ended up here. And she's on the side. She just stays there. But then uh, after. She's evil cackling, as you said. Vision wakes her up, or puts her back to sleep, I guess. And then she's like all fun again. She's the fun neighbor. And she's like, see you, neighbor. And she Happy Halloweeny, which don't say Halloweeny. Can we, <laughs> I'm not, I'm not, I don't like Halloweeny. Star Wars is not a, uh, a pro Halloweeny podcast. Yeah, Stick with Halloween. Get out of here, please. Uh, yeah. But we get Monica. We go back to the trio. Monica's got a texty friend. Who do we think this friend is? Which we already have made guesses on. I still think it's Reed Richards. Yeah, here's the thing. I've heard theories. It's Doctor Strange. It's Captain Marvel. But you would think that when talking to this trio, uh, especially a trio like somebody like Jimmy Woo, both of these characters have interacted with Avengers before. So when Monica refers to this person, you think she'd be comfortable saying, hey, Doctor Strange is coming or hey, Captain Marvel is coming. Whoever's coming is not an important character. Nobody else knows who they are. And I think this is the perfect time to introduce somebody like Reed Richards because he's at this point, he's just a scientist. Uh, he yeah. doesn't have powers. So, yeah, I took 100 percent. I'm all in. This is Reed Richards. Yeah, that's why I, I, the only other thing I'm Reed Richards 100 like like at the top. Maybe Blue Marvel. You know, he's a character that's associated with a sword. This would be a good way for them to bring a new character in that would be fun. Maybe maybe have some shenanigans at some point with with Monica with what she's got going on because what we do discover. So she's like, I need to go meet this engineer uh, to get into the hex. She needs a little hex suit so she doesn't churn and. Uh, Darcy, Dr. Darcy, which I have not, pardon me, I have not been calling her by her proper name. Uh, Dr. Darcy uh, is like, hey, how about you don't go into the hex because I'm worried about you. And like, that's so nice. Like, I love that they're all just such good friends after such short period of time. But uh, Dr. Darcy was like, hey, that hex is changing you, Monica. I have gotten your test results. You're everything's changing and you went through twice. I don't know what's going to happen if you go through another two times. Yeah, this is, uh, uh, all aboard, uh, Monica being a superhuman person after all this, because, uh, yeah, th this is not good. And you know what? Uh, pause down here real quick. Uh, huge shout out to Darcy. What an absolute MVP. The way that she ha she quickly hacks the system, she finds medical records. She finds uh, uh, Hayward's tracking device. Um, she And she even mentions toward the end that, hey, I'm going to stay back because there's more going on here. There's something bigger and I'm going to get into it. So, uh, And I, I think we're supposed to put a pin in that and come back to it soon because there's more to be uncovered here. 
Well, and, and and this is, you know, I questioned Dr. Darcy's fighting ability. And, and I still think rightfully so. I, I've not been proven otherwise. But no one can question her tech abilities. Man, she is good. And, yeah, she tells, Wanda, or she tells Monica about this. And like you said, she's like, hey, I'm going to stay behind, discover all this stuff. You guys go off and and go find that engineer. And then we get back to, to uh, Wanda, Pietro, and they're in – this like little hay maze. And this is my question. Hay maze versus corn maze. I feel like a hay maze is, there's no purpose to it. I can see the end. I can clearly look over top of these hay barrels and see, see the side of the, the, the corn maze all the way. Okay. So the, uh, a little backstory here, Tommy and I have never met in person. I don't know how tall you are, Tommy. Look, I am slightly below average so for me i'm not seeing over any hay bales i i am basically a child walking through these things so um i i would have said i would have said the hay maze i'm gonna say hay maze here because i can see through the corn you can't see through a hay bale not if there's so much corn you can only see the. if i just plant way more corn dude you're trapped i'm gonna <laughs> i'm gonna go to your house i'm gonna plant some corn uh in front of your house you're gonna be stuck there there's no getting out this is uh in the inevitable stark wars live podcast there's going to be a hay maze and a corn maze you can pick which one you want to use we'll see we'll both you'll go through the hay maze i'll go through the corn maze and we'll see which one was more to me it's what's more difficult the hay maze you're going to get through quicker like you're obviously going to get through it quicker because you can just you can see where you're going because what kind of hay barrels are you looking at that are taller than you? I, I see what you're saying now. So you're you're saying, okay, I guess when I'm thinking of a hay maze, I'm thinking of multiple hay bales stacked yes. on top of each other. That makes more sense. I'm not that, I I, I will admit, I'm not, I am short, but I'm not shorter than a, a single hay bale. That would be a good maze. That's not the maze that they had in WandaVision. Yes, the maze they is. had was just the, the for children. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the thing, it's for children, but... I don't know why Wanda was walking through it. That was just, we spent way too much time on this same maze, but I had this thought and I was very upset about I it during it. the episode. Uh, but we have uh, their mom and dad is mentioned, which we've said from the beginning that could be relevant with the commercials. We, we've talked about their mom and dad. I think it's interesting that they were mentioned uh, by them. And we mentioned, uh, like we said earlier, Pietro mentions like, where did you hide the kids? This is where Pietro's like asking Wanda all the hard hitting questions. Like, hey, like I'm 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 cool with what you're doing. Like I I love it. I love this like kidnapping people. We're all on board. Let's just be honest with each other. I'm your person. Like we we got this. Yeah, this is uh, and this is kind of the theme throughout the episode of Pietro. Um, there's a lot of conversation between the two. And, and you do, you start to get the idea that he's a bit more aware because uh, it seems like a lot of the times he's pushing the questions back onto Wanda. Uh, even when Wanda directly asks about a memory or about her accent, he will be like, well, what about your accent? And here he's, he's mainly focusing on, well, how did you create this world? Uh, or how did, you, how did you find yourself in this situation? And she says, uh, I don't really know how I did it. Um, but yeah, I think, I think we, we should very much pay attention to the fact that uh, Pietro isn't really explaining his side at all, and he's wanting all the information from Wanda, which is interesting. Yeah, and he says, I'm not some stranger. Well, you kind of are, dude. What if he's a spy? What if he works for Hayward? What if this is, you know, they we know that 
uh, he's Quicksilver and Fox. But what if that was just there to like trick us? It was a red herring. And this is like a sword agent that they sent in and was like, hey, just tell her you're Pietro. I'd actually, that would be really cool. I, I'd be totally down for that. And, and it's kind of, it's a trick to all of us. We, we do. We think he's the Pietro of the, uh, of the Fox universe, but we come to find out that he is real. He's, he's not anybody. He's, he's, he's Evan Peters. who was casted as a sword agent uh, in a completely different role. And he's gone undercover here. I could totally see that. And I think it'd be cool. Yeah. Cause I, I, I'm not trusting Pietro. I, I love him. I think he's such a good character. I'm having fun with him, but there's moments like this where I'm like, ah, I don't really trust you. He is not a creation of Wanda. Uh, we get that at the end of the, la- the last episode. She didn't do this. She did not bring him here. Somebody else brought him here or he snuck in. So, yep. And, and this is where, this is where I mentioned earlier, we see the zombie Pietro, um, and he's dead Pietro, just like she saw dead vision. She sees dead Pietro and she said she felt really alone she doesn't know how she did her did it but she just was feeling really alone and this cuts to Hayward is a sneaky bastard I want to point this out real quickly going back to dead Pietro Um, so at the beginning of the episode uh, we get a moment where Vision leaves uh, Wanda's facing the door Pietro comes up behind her she turns around and she screams bloody murder We've never seen Wanda scream like this in any given situation. She screams like she has just seen a ghost. And I think it's interesting. I think that that was foreshadowing to the zombie Pietro moment. I think she saw zombie Pietro in that moment because there was no other reason for her to be frightened that much. I could see where you would be startled if someone was standing behind her, but she was like completely broken. All right. uh, Let's test this. You turn around and then come back real quick. Like turn around. Okay. And then, all right, now come back. Oh. <laughs> I don't know. It's pretty scary. <laughs> that did not, probably did not sell for the podcast listeners, but uh, Michael, turn around and then we both startled each other. I was, I was completely focused on the decor of my room and I completely forgot I was on a podcast. And then I heard someone talking and turned around. There you were. So startled. So, so I can understand why Wanda was so startled, even if he wasn't in zombie form. All right, we'll get we'll get to Hayward here, um, and, and this is uh, he's moving out to get Vision at this point because uh, Vision is is nearing the edge of the hex. Well, I do want to we we get Darcy first. We get Darcy. Okay. Yeah, 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 that's right. Because this is this is going to lead to my spo- my spoiler section. All right, Darcy is doing her work. Doctor Darcy calls Hayward a sneaky bastard. Love. Love it. Highlight of the episode. She's great. Uh, we find out. I mean, I think it was already assumed, but Jimmy Wu's real name is James Wu. And she sends him a file. And it is a file on Hayward that said for for, for Hayward's eyes only or whatever. And it was called Cataract was the was the nickname for the for the weapon or whatever it is. I have theories about this. I want to get back to this. And I don't know anything about this, so I'm excited to get to that because does that mean something? I have no idea. So we'll get to it, that. It might be just Tommy's wild brain thoughts. You know, it might not yeah. even mean anything. Uh, but yes, we see Vision trying to break the barrier. He walks straight to the barrier and he walks through and he does succeed in going through. And at this point, Hayward is everyone's there. They've all gathered at the spot where Vision is coming through. And man, oh man, he does not look like he's having, he, he looks fine at first. He is not having a good time by the end of this and no one is helping him. 
Yeah, this is uh, this gets pretty uh, again really dark um, from the moments of him leaving and then uh, pleading for help. Yeah, this is very unsettling. Yeah, do we think the vibranium is deteriorating? Maybe like I, I'm not sure what's happening, but clearly he needs to stay inside this bubble. Yeah, and this is again. I, I don't believe Vision is alive. He might have like a temporary battery, a temporary Wanda magic battery inside of him that kind of sparks his consciousness. But uh, the fact that he cannot survive outside the hex, Vision is dead. He's dead. 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 <laughs> no, dead. <laughs> But yeah, we get Darcy shows up and is like, hey, help him. Uh, they they lock her up to a car. They handcuff her to a car. And they're like, yeah, you know, stay here. And then we get Billy's powers. Billy can hear, which like, okay, Tommy gets like fun. Like, hey, I'm going to go speed around and get candy bars. Billy's first powers is a traumatic hearing his dad like dying. His powers, his powers is a, is a cell phone at the end of the day. At this we can point. also see, I mean, I guess the cell phone with video, maybe. Yeah. Because <laughs> he can see, so you can see where Vision is. He hears Vision is, is is in pain. Billy goes running to look for Wanda, explains it to Wanda. Pietro makes a, a, a funny joke trying to distract her and goes, it's not like your husband could die twice. So that's clear that Pietro knows that, that he died, that he shouldn't know that. And Wanda is not happy about this. Wanda blasts. Pietro with her powers she sends them shooting away into the hay the, from your hay maze. This was an ex, extra malicious comment here because um, uh, it sparked the memory. Vision was killed twice uh, in Infinity War. Uh, Wanda originally kills him. Thanos comes back, turns back the clock, it kills him again. So uh, that just and, and that was traumatic for Wanda to have to do that. She she was destroying the stone, and she did that all for nothing. And then Thanos says, "Okay, that was dumb. I'm gonna I'm gonna bring it back now, and I'm gonna take the stone for myself." Uh, that was a uh, that had to be so traumatic for her. And here her brother is bringing this up, um, and maybe he didn't mean it in this way, but golly, dude, who who are you to talk to her like that? he's not a stranger according to him but she was not having it billy locates where vision is wanda's like cool got this watch mama do some work she freezes everyone and she goes into wanda mode i guess and just kind of sends a blast into the barrier and that barrier is growing we've made hints before that barrier grows and grows poor darcy dr darcy can't escape. Everyone else runs away. She is stuck to the car. She gets pulled into the barrier. So we're going to see fun Darcy part of it. Um, if they do like a two broke girls with her, I'm dead. <laughs> like we, we, I am really glad this is happening because we're not ending this series without seeing Darcy in the sitcom situation. Right. Cause this is going to be really good. Yeah. Love that. I love that the sword, sword people were all turned into clowns and that their tents were turned to a circus. I thought that was so funny. I mean, they are clowns at this point. So exactly. Like on. it was such a, you know, that Wanda specifically, like she was like having it happen. She's like, no, but I need them to be clowns. Like she was like, I need this to happen. Thank you very much powers. So let me ask you this. Darcy is chained to the vehicle. 
what are the odds that she could she become part of the vehicle? Like a I know this is crazy, but like a transformer. <laughs> My God, <laughs> that would be funny. But that I mean, look, she's at, at this point she's so closely bonded to this car, and we don't see what she looks like when she enters the hex. Like everyone else is turning into clowns and tents and hot air balloons, but we don't see what Darcy looks like after she enters the hex. So I think it could be something really crazy involving this car. I don't know if she turns in. Maybe it's like uh, maybe it's like turns into a rhino or something. Do you is your prediction? That in the next episode, the third to last episode, we're gonna get a whole episode dedicated to like a buddy cop episode with Darcy in the car. Oh my god! <laughs> I'm I'm putting I'm all I'm all in on that. That's, <laughs> yeah, that's what I that's what I heard when you were pitching it to me. I'm like, oh, I know what Michael is pitching. Enough Malfisto talk. The car <laughs> is behind it all. <laughs> yeah, no, no, no. That makes complete sense to me. But yeah, we see that. We do unfortunately see Hayward get away. He drives off and he's trying to call everyone, but no one is answering. And he's off. We see Jimmy and and Monica on their road trip. What music do you think they're? I, I feel like they'd have like I feel like Jimmy would want to play some fun music, but I feel like Monica would be like, no, no, no. Like we need to listen to like a podcast or we need to listen to like something like NPR maybe. Yeah, Monica definitely listens to NPR. Jimmy Wu. I feel like they fought Jimmy Wu is probably he probably has like um I bet he's secretly like really into like Ariana Grande even. Um yeah. But I, I think together they could like agree on a really cool band like Arctic Monkeys or something. Yeah, I could see that. I, I Jimmy's definitely like buckling, right? Like, like if it comes down to it, Jimmy's like Monica. We can play your your stuff instead. <laughs> yeah. To, oh yeah, for sure. He's yeah. totally yielding to Monica. But they escape. They they drive faster and they get out and we see Wanda's eyes and it, it ends. And I'm like, God, why? Because I was looking at the clock the entire time. I, I know I know where Monica and Jimmy are going. I, I'm like, okay, we have enough time. We could show. We could end the episode. We could see who they're meeting. Nope. End of the you episode. Have, this I was so mad. I was so you mad. Have three more episodes. Let it. Let it. Let it sit. Let it. Sit. You know, it's like a good. It's like a good stew. It needs yeah. time. You need to take in what you just saw. A good stew cooking in a witch's cauldron. <gasps> <laughs> And you're yelling at it and you're going, dead! Dead. <laughs> dead. <laughs> uh, so that was our our recap. Do we want to go into our, our you know, I, I've already kind of given spoilers during it, but this is my theory. I guess this is my Tommy's theory corner. Yeah, hit, hit me with that. I don't, I don't really have a, a solid theory, right? I've kind of dropped here and there what kind of what I believe is going on. So I'll just let you run with this. So it, it's, I don't know if it's a theory yet, but I want to, wanted to discuss cataract. And so I, I did some research. I, I'm not a doctor like Dr. Darcy. So I wasn't, you know, I've heard of cataracts. I think I might have a cataract, honestly, but I'm not really sure. But essentially a cataract is a medical condition in which the lens of your eye become opaque, which is like kind of hazy, uh, resulting in blurred vision. So clearly vision, right? Like that's the first thing we go to. A blurred of vision. Is cataract by chance something that will take control of vision? That's a possibility. Another possibility, we have seen two zombie creatures, Pietro and Vision. Both had opaque eyes, very hazy eyes when they were in zombie mode. Another fact I'm pointing out, 
listen, I'm just pointing about effects. If you wanted to pick them up, audience, you you Stark uh, Stark Wars podcast listeners, you Iron Troopers, uh, other facts. Um, Wait, hold on. I I had to stop you here because it hit me. The Iron Jedi's because I'm, we well, this is a Star Wars podcast too. We haven't covered any Star Wars. Yes. I think the Iron Jedi's. I don't. I don't hate it. I mm-hmm. I don't. I, just I did see in our seed. in our Twitch stream. Someone said uh, Stark Warriors. Oh, that's one? that is pretty good. Yeah, I like oh, yours. Yeah. I didn't want to, but I saw that one and I was like, oh, that was pretty good yeah. too. Uh, we'll we'll let the audience decide. But uh, what are you thinking about this? Do you think I'm I'm anywhere with this? And and basically, it's all leading. I think Hayward's behind it all. What if Hayward like was behind vision and is blaming Wanda and, and really she's, he's behind it. Well, he clearly had access to vision's body and they were, he was in a lab with the body. So I, I, from that point on, there is no doubt in my mind that he is trying to use vision. He's trying to weaponize vision in a way. So if I had to put my money on it, I would say that's totally correct. Uh, Cataract could be the device or, uh, maybe the second coming of Vision that would be more on his side. Yeah, that's that's really you know it's it's not as wild as my Mephisto theory, but it's more just I wanted to break down cataract what it means. You know, are we going to take it literally? Are they going to make like a blurry Vision where Vision almost like gum Vision? Is he just going to feed Vision a bunch of gum? Is that what Hayward's doing? Oh my God, he's going to tie him down. It's going to be like. It's gonna be like in in Star Wars when when Leia or or Rey or anybody is in like a holding cell of the Empire and they are they are torturing them or mind controlling them. Yeah, instead it's just gum. It's all yeah, gum. I agree. Um. <laughs> Free. <laughs> uh, so that's all I got in my. All theory. right, so. What's nice? Do we have any, anything else about the episode? I, I guess we have questions, right? Yes, we do have questions. Um, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go to. Uh, I kind of got bombarded by our, our buddy uh, Luke on Twitter. Uh, he sent me a bunch of questions. One was about uh, cataract, which we just discussed. But he brings an interesting question, which I mean, it's a very vague question. But uh, who is the villain? of this series, which again, there's multiple, I think there could be multiple answers to this. You think it could possibly be Malfisto. I'm more on the Agnes trade. And I think she's the overall villain. Um, as of right now, the most villainous person that we see right in front of us is Hayward. Uh, we still have seeds of Wanda possibly being evil. So gun to your head. When we look back at this series, who is the number one villain? Easy. The mailman. <laughs> it's the mailman. It's the I, listen, he's come back enough times. No, uh, I think Agnes. I, I'm with you on the Agnes train. I think, I think where Eileen is like she's a messenger for Malfisto, but I do believe she will be seen. It's going to be the big. They've been red herring us all season. I think she's going to be the person in the last episode is like ha, like or the penultimate. It's going to be like ha, it was Agnes the whole time. That's I, I agree with you on that. And the part two to this question, now, now that we've determined who the villain is, what is the motivation here? What is Agnes, what, why is she doing all this? Getting the kids for Malfisto. Uh, look, uh, and I am much more 
I'm much more on board with your idea that m- not Malfisto is the villain of this series, but he will be a future villain. Um, I, again, I cannot see Malfisto showing up here. Um, I think it would require a lot of explaining. I think it would require a lot of special effects that the show hasn't really tackled. Um, or maybe not. Maybe maybe Malfisto would be a practical uh, makeup effect, which would be really cool too. Um, and, and listen, I'll, I'll back off for a second on my on my Malfisto, and and think of other things in the sense that like, regardless of Malfisto is involved, that's too weird for you. Let me subtract that. Someone is doing this for the children. We have heard that it is for the. I think the motive for whoever the villain is. It is for these children. Did we get any clues this episode that the children were in danger? No, could it could have been Pietro getting close to the kids? Maybe that's kind of where this is starting. Yeah, because we didn't see Agnes really interact with them at all. Maybe they sent. Maybe because Agnes's Agnes's cover was blown, right? Like Vision was in on her, so they were like, "All right, we need Pietro to come in, and and someone she'll trust because she, they're not trusting Agnes anymore. We need someone else to get close to the the twins." Fair enough. There we have it. All right. So our next question uh, from CT. Uh, CT wants to know what what if we were on a desert island, what food we would select, right? Yeah. Well, not your magic. It's clearly that the the adhesive on the lid is just too hard to open. Yeah, that would uh, you you will starve to death if if you're left with the magic. So. I'm trying to think, you got to get something that won't melt, something unmelty. And preferably, you wouldn't have something that would require fire. I mean, obviously, if you could have a bag of rice, that would be great, but that would also require uh, constant dry wood, and hopefully it doesn't rain. So I would say that you would want to go with probably like a box of protein bars, honestly. I was going to say a, a big jar of peanut butter. Ooh, I'm down. Yeah, I think even if it's not the smartest, the same, I want it. Yeah, we're on the same path. Would you share your peanut butter with me? <laughs> yeah, I would. <laughs> totally. Thank you. Yeah, I would also. You know, just so that as long as you were like helping around the island. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I need like I would. If it got to the point where it's me or you, uh, well, what do you consider helping? Because like I would. Are you fishing? Like, are you? I would be creating a fun bowling alley for us. <laughs> That's true. Facts. Facts. <laughs> facts. Or like we could do a golf course like in Lost. Mini golf. Yeah, that'd be fun. Totally. (laughs) All right. So any other questions from your end? That's all I had. All right. So we will hop into the back end of our of our podcast here where we kind of we go off topic a little bit. We talk about some recommendations and news. Um, I'm going to jump right in with my recommendation. My recommendation this week is a card game. It's called Exploding Kittens. I feel like I'm probably late to the Exploding Kittens train because uh, I've heard of it before. I'd never played it, but I played it with my buddy, Dr. Stan, this weekend, and it was so much fun. We played probably 100 games of that. Um, it's very much... It's kind of like... Uh, it's almost like Uno, with, but, but all of the cards require deception in some way whether you are trying to set people up to be uh, to be killed by the exploding kitten or steal cards from people or hide cards within the deck so they will strategically pick it up later. Um, it's a lot of fun. I totally recommend a good party game. If you want to shake it up, 
exploding kittens. A lot of fun. Love exploding. Not a fan of exploding kittens in real life, but no. am a fan of the game exploding kittens. And I would think that uh, I would think Agnes is a fan of exploding puppies because she killed Sparky, of course. Yep. <laughs> uh, I was going to ask though: is, is Doctor Stan? Does Doctor Stan know who Doctor Darcy is? Do you think he has no idea? And that's you guys. Uh, maybe all of you don't know who Doctor Stan is. Some of you might. Um, we're we're going to try our best to get Doctor Stan into these shows because I know I have. He has watched one episode of The Mandalorian. He will not go any further yet. Um, he has not watched WandaVision yet, but we're getting there. Maybe we just give like Dr. Stan, like we tell him like one crazy thing that happened in the comic books and we get his response of like, like just one, like, hey man, Dr. Stan, like what would you feel if this happened to you? And we get his response to this. Yeah, and here's the other thing. Like we we have flirted with the idea of guests and we're not committing to that just yet. Um, we're really trying to get down a rhythm, figure out the logistics of the podcast. And and eventually, I think we would like to have a guest or two on here and there. Um, with that being said, we need a doctor to come tell us, to set us straight. What is, can we give dark liquor to babies? That's what we need. You know, like he had an opinion. I, I didn't hear it personally from him. So like, I'm still not sure if you can or can't give uh, baby's dark liquor but yeah we definitely have flirted with the idea of guests but you know how i think about this is like listen this this uh, season of, of wandavision this is like our dating phase michael right like this is like we've just we've just started communicating with each other we just started podcasting we're still in that phase where we're giving each other flowers we're really going all out on these podcasts i don't think we need to bring a a a, a new person into this relationship yet I agree. I think WandaVision is our baby and we should keep it that way. And then there are many shows coming on the pipe. So we will, we will talk about it. Yes. So what do you have a recommendation for us? Yes, I have a recommendation. Uh, My recommendation is a graphic novel. It's a, you might've heard of the musical version of this. It's a little sad, but I kind of like, you know, as, as goofy as some may think I am, I do love some sad broody stuff sometimes. Sometimes you get some broody Tommy. And uh, this is a really good, beautiful musical, beautiful book as well. It's a, it's called Fun Home. Have you ever read Fun Home? I have not. I've never even heard of this. And frankly, I'll say this. I am not a musical guy, so you're going to have to sell me on this one. Um, it, it the it's a graphic novel and essentially it's it's kind of more in the realm of have you ever read blankets in the sense that it's like it's someone's life that they're opening you up to but they're doing it they're an illustrator so they they did it through graphic uh, a novel and great story i mean not great it's a tragic story but it's about her dealing with her own sexuality and mirroring with her father's sexuality and i don't want to say too much without giving too much away but it's really dealing with her looking at that experience and comparing it to herself, but also just coming to uh, conclusions with, with what happened and what occurs. I like it. Uh, that, I mean, again, I'm not a musical guy, but I am a, I'm a graphic novel guy. So um. yeah, focus on the graphic novel. The musical takes it. In, 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 what I like about the musical is just the production value of it. They do an interesting thing with like using a roundabout to give you, and they go through different timelines. It's cool on that level. But uh, just we'll, we'll start you on on a baby level, the graphic novel. 
And I'll say this really quickly, uh, just just so you know that I don't everything you say doesn't go in one ear and out the other. I want your first recommendation you gave us, or maybe it was the second, was Infinity Train. I've watched the first episode. It is absolutely wild. I'll be honest, I'm watching a lot of things right now. I don't know when I'll be able to get to finish it, but I'm excited to. So I'm going to double down on that one you gave out earlier. So many, you're going to, it's one of those that you need to watch the whole thing and it will lead you to more questions and more answers and fun, fun times on the train. Choo, choo. (laughs) Yep. All right. So news stories. I've got a, this is probably my favorite news story that I've talked about thus far. Um, I'm sure many of you, if you are involved in the nerd culture as far as upcoming TV series and video games, you must have heard about The Last of Us series that HBO is adapting. I'm a huge fan of The Last of Us games. I I think that they're some of the greatest stories in general, not just in video games. Uh, You can put them up to scale with some of the best uh, apocalyptic movies and TV shows. So I love The Last of Us, and we finally got some casting here. And it's interesting casting in that, yes, this is an HBO show, and they're taking two characters from another HBO show. Pedro Pascal will be playing Joel, and Bella Ramsey will be playing Ellie, um, which is it's very interesting casting. I think Joel is typically... In the games, Joel is very... Uh, he's very white. <laughs> so this is interesting in the way that they are. They're, they're, they pulled in a Latino actor. I'm excited to see that. It's going to be a different take on the character because, I mean, again, he's a very, he's a Texan. He's a rough, tough, and he has a, he grows a, a big beard at one point. And as far as I could tell, Pedro Pascal can't fully grow a huge beard, which is fine. I can't either, but uh, it's going to be a very different take on the character in terms of look possibly personality. I'm excited about that. Bella Ramsey, on the other hand, she had a minor role in Game of Thrones. She played... Uh, uh, Lady Lady of Bear Island. Yes. Classic fan favorite character. People loved her. And and it was a more serious character, which I'm intrigued because uh, Elle, Elle can be serious, but she she has a goofy side. You know, she's very goofy in the, in the game. Yeah, no, and that's... Uh, again, a... Uh, uh, it might be a different tone. Uh, we haven't seen a whole lot of range from physical acting. Uh, Bella Ramsey also voices the the main character in the Hilda series, animated series, which I've never seen that. It looks cool. Maybe I'll check that one out. But uh, yeah, this is this is very interesting. Uh, pulling two people from one HBO show into another. And let's be honest, HBO creates amazing content uh, and they're pairing up with an amazing video game. So I'm sold. I'm sold. Let's do it. Yeah, loved the casting, saw that as well. My news is also casting news. I believe this might have come out today or, or very recently. Uh, it is about a casting choice for Captain Marvel 2. This is the villain of Captain Marvel. is going to be played by an actress of the name, and I, I'm sorry if I mispronounce, uh, Zawi Ashton. She seems to be a British actress uh, in in a couple British TV shows, a couple of things, but she has been cast as a villain in Captain Marvel too. So we'll see where that goes. Exciting things. I, I kind of like that. She's newer to me. You know, it gives me, uh, I don't need to compare her to other roles she's been in. 
Yeah, no, and uh, I saw this casting news as well, and like the cover photo for some of these articles was was this actress dressed up as Captain Marvel, uh, and this, I mean, this is definitely before she knew about the casting role, so you know she's a fan. We love that. Um, getting a woman of color and in, in, into these roles is always awesome. Um, do you have any predictions? Again, I, I'm not a huge Marvel comic guy. Haven't explored too much, especially Captain Marvel. It's kind of a blind spot for me. Do you have any predictions as to who she might play? No, no, no yeah. idea. And I'm kind of Captain Marvel is definitely a blind spot for me. I'm not a big, I'm not a big space guy. I've never my my roommate is more on the space side of things. I've always been more when it comes to comics of the grounded Earth stuff. You know, I like Thor and stuff, but but I haven't been big on Guardians. You know, I grew to love them in the movies and stuff, but it was not my comic book cup of tea. Uh, so I'm intrigued to see more, you know? Yeah. Um, so yeah, we're, I'm down with that. So, uh, all right, Tommy. So if you don't have anything else here, we'll, we'll close out this episode. Um, yeah, I want to give some thank yous before we go, of course, as always, uh, buddy, Nathan Burnett, he's been helping me a lot on the back end of the podcast, a little bit, a little bit of advice here and there. He's also been helping me convert files and all that kind of uh, nitty gritty background stuff. Aaron Robertson, who created our intro song. Ethan Kellum, who created our logo. All of these people have social media links for Twitter and Instagram in the show notes. So be sure to check those out. Also want to remind you guys to support the podcast in terms of giving us ratings and reviews, uh, particularly five-star reviews. And if we get a hundred five-star reviews, we're going to do a bonus podcast. So uh, I hope I hope we can get that to work out. If you haven't done that, look, I'll be honest. Um, before having a podcast, I have not been a review guy. I'm just like, whatever, I'm not gonna, I'm not wasting time writing a review, but, but ever since starting a podcast, I realize how easy it is. I leave reviews for all my favorite podcasts. It helps them out greatly. So if you haven't done that, uh, we would really appreciate it. Uh, another, I, I honestly, I think this is a bigger way to support the podcast is if you have a friend who's into Marvel, if they're watching WandaVision, if they're going to be watching any of these shows coming out. Say, hey, this is the perfect podcast for you. Tell them that we'll, we'll break it all down for them. Um, so, yeah, just get your friends on board. It's a fun experience. We can build a little community together. And, uh, yeah, that would be great. You know, and I saw a review the other day that said, hey, my buddy recommended this to me. And I love that I needed a podcast for my long rides. That's great. We love that. We love new people who don't know us. You know, some people, you know, a lot of the listeners may be people that knew us you know, from other things and, and maybe friends to me and Michael, I think it's really cool when there's someone that doesn't know us at all. And they just listen to us because they found us either randomly looking up Marvel things, either through a friend. That's great. We love new friends. We'll share our fun size candy, our full size, fun size candy bars with you as you listen to the podcast with us. All right, Tommy. Well, that brings us to the end here. So thank you so much for joining us and we'll see you next week. Bye.